We're celebrating a couple special things here at Third Church today. Uh, the first one, twice a year, we invite folks to uh, think about becoming family members, and we believe that we are a family uh, here together as a church. And so... Um, they, as, they, as they go into this family member class, also known as new membership class, they just learn more what does it look like, what does our family look like here at 3rd, how do we follow Jesus together, what opportunities are available, as well as our mission, vision, values, and belief statements. And then after, after their class, after the six gatherings, um, they have the option, there's no pressure, but they, they have the option to uh, join, join the family. And today, we are welcoming 39 new family members into the TRC family. Yeah, woo! So fun. And seven of them are familiar faces in the auditorium. So I was only able to spend a week with the class. Brian Vandaloon and Clayton are the ones who um, facilitate this class. So I just asked Brian, I said, what words would you use to describe this group? And um, he said, they're passionate about Jesus. Many are already using their gifts for the kingdom and in our church family already as well. And as a group, they are so joy-filled refer to number one and number two. They're passionate about Jesus and they're already using their gifts for the kingdom. So uh, as I call your name, would you please stand right where you are? Jed and Sarah Johnson. Awesome. Welcome. Barb Vanderhart. Barb, welcome. Jacob and Alicia Stainhook. And Kyle and Megan Neuendorp. Okay, familiar faces, but let's give one more round of applause. This is exciting. And uh, this, is, this is kind of um, a little bit of their, their neighborhoods, their homes. So what we like to do here is if you could just gather around, um, gather around them if you feel comfortable, uh, welcome them, and uh, we will we'll do a prayer over them. So gather around them as they stand, and an official welcome to them. And extend a hand, uh, laying it, laying on of hands. And I'll just, I'll do a guided prayer. And so, if you could, uh, yeah, feel free, just popcorn it out around your in your in your neighborhood. So, um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ways in which uh, you are growing your body here at Third Church, and we especially thank you for Jed and Sarah, Barb, Jacob, Alicia, Kyle, and Megan incredible ways that you have gifted them. And so friends and family gathered around, could you just give thanks? Uh, take 30 seconds or so to give thanks for the ways that God has created and gifted these beautiful family members. So God, we are so grateful. And we do pray that your kingdom would come, your kingdom of shalom would come in incredible ways. Uh, yeah, in grace-filled ways into each new member's heart, mind, spirit, and soul. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for participating in that. Yeah, one more round of applause. The next thing we're celebrating today, uh, so we have new family members, and our church family has many um, ministry partners. And one of, the, one of our uh, ministry partners is The Well, 
One of the things that we often hear, or I often hear Clayton talk about uh, as he talks about the well, every good tree bears good fruit, and by their fruit you will recognize them. And so Clayton will often summarize the well as being one of those places um, where he just sees such good fruit. To use the language of Jesus, they truly are salt and light in this community. They're seeing and drawing out what is good. And so one example of that is typically this would be waffles for the well day, but the well has decided for their staff, because ministry can be hard, the well has decided that they are really going to be intentional about taking a Sabbath. And so they wanted to give, instead of asking their, uh, asking their workers to be a part of Sabbath today by working, they wanted to offer them to have this day off. And so instead of waffles for the well, you get a cookie and information as you leave, leave the service today. For those of you who, who don't know or maybe are newer to Third, um, the well celebrated 10 years this past year, and Third Church has had the honor to partner with them over all 10 of those years. Over the last few years, they've seen over 4,000 unique clients who struggle with things like financial aid, addiction, mental health, tough family relationships, um, really any area that you think of that they could be struggling with, they, they see it. And the desire for the well is to co-labor with Jesus as they reach people who are on, on the margins. So the well has, since their start, they have definitely grown their services. They now have opportunities for uh, spiritual health, emotional health, addiction recovery, and life skills. They've built a WellWorks program focused on resources, um, stabilizing folks and resourcing them, and just seeing a lot of different stories of how lives are being transformed each day. They've also grown their reach. Um, so starting in Pella, they're now in Knoxville, Fairfield, Des Moines, Iowa City, and there is more on the horizon. So I know many of you have already supported the well in different ways, um, and thank you. Thank you for that. Others have, have donated to the well. Um, others have shopped at the well. And uh, those dollars all make, this, uh, all make this possible. So the ask for, for you today to celebrate the well, could you read through what you're handed out at the door? Uh, consider stopping by at the thrift store and shopping um, and enjoy your cookie. Let's pray. Jesus, we give you thanks for the well. What a beautiful sight to get to see with our eyes what they're up to day by day in blessing our community and blessing people. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to use that ministry powerfully, and Holy Spirit, that you would come and speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I am a big-time lover of nature documentaries, Planet Earth, Blue Planet, Frozen Planet, Our Planet. If it has the name Planet in it, I'm probably watching it and loving it. Now, Bethany, my wife, makes, thinks that this makes me kind of an old man, but I just think it makes me look cool. So you guys can be the judge of it today. But either way, 
I love watching plants and animals at their finest, but one of my favorite parts of the show is when they do time lapses of the plants growing. Maybe you've seen this before, but a seed falls in the ground and all of a sudden the plant starts sprouting out and within 10 seconds, it's a full-fledged tree, shrub, flower, whatever. It's so cool to see the growth happen in just a matter of seconds. Today, we're gonna talk about bearing fruit and I have to tell you that although I love these creative displays, it's a manufactured reality and it's not really the way that bearing fruit looks like in our lives. And so as much as I love watching those nature documentaries, today we're gonna see how bearing fruit in our walk with Jesus can be a much slower process than just 10 seconds. It can be arduous and it requires patience. But Jesus is gonna teach us about how we bear real fruit or real spiritual fruit in our life as a disciple following him. And first off, you know, as we talk about fruit today, you know, that's a kind of a buzzword in the Christian world. Oh, we're bearing fruit. But what are we talking about when we're talking about fruit today? Well, probably most directly we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So when we see those qualities and those acts of love and joy and peace in our lives, we're seeing the fruit that Jesus is talking about, this spiritual fruit, the fruit of the Spirit as we're disciples of him. So keep that in mind. As I say fruit a lot today, what we're talking about is people that look like Jesus because Jesus was filled with the fruit of the Spirit. He lived a life filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now it's our call as disciples to do that same thing. So when you think fruit, think of that list. But if there's one big thought I want you to take out of today, it would be this. It's, it's that bearing fruit comes out of being with Jesus. I'll say that again. Bearing fruit comes out of being with Jesus. And if you're taking notes today, I'm gonna kind of go through three different sections today. So the first section is go slow. The second section is tough go, and then the third section is know Jesus. And our scripture reading today, it's continuing on as we're walking through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, verses 13 through 23. And um, if you would please stand, if you're able, as we read God's word today, that's what I'm kind of accustomed to. I haven't done it yet as I preached in here, but that's kind of how I do it. So we'll stand as we read God's word together. Jesus says this, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out, then, for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by your fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
So you'll have to bear with me this morning, and if you're following along in your Bibles there, we're going to kind of jump around the passage. So we're not necessarily going to go start to finish through it, so we're going to go kind of beginning and middle, kind of all over the place. But like I said, the central idea that we want to keep coming back to is that bearing fruit comes out of being with Jesus. But let's actually start at the top of the passage. And Jesus begins and he says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through that one. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now, a lot of times when this passage is referenced and when people talk about this passage, they talk about it in reference to salvation. That uh, there's, a, there's a wide gate that doesn't lead to heaven maybe, but there's a small narrow gate that does lead to heaven. And I'll give that kind of translation or interpretation a generous Maybe that's what Jesus is talking about today. But I think more so what Jesus is talking about is the pathway towards us being fruit-bearing disciples because this whole section, these three different pericopes, they, they work together. And so Jesus is saying that small and narrow is the gate that leads to life or to being a fruit-bearing disciple. Wide is the gate and broad is the road to becoming a bad tree that bears bad fruit that gets cut down and thrown into the fire. And the first section that I want to talk about then is going slow. Because if you've ever been on a hike or on a walk, you know, when the, when the pathway is wide, you can cover a lot of ground very quickly. But once the pathway gets narrow, maybe you're starting to wind your way through a difficult section of the hike or the walk. You have to start going slow. And I really like, actually, the way that Eugene Peterson, pastor, uh, author, translates this in the message version of the Bible. So he says this, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. So I like this because it says, as we're going to being a fruit-bearing disciples, we think and we like to believe that there's shortcuts to that. But actually, it, it requires a day-in, day-out, vigorous and total attention. Now, when I think about going slow and bearing fruit, I think about how Bethany and I have tried to garden in the first few years of our marriage. And I use that word try very intentionally because we... Uh, We've had some successes and definitely a good amount of failures. But along the way, what I really hate about gardening is how long it takes to grow things. I mean, have you guys gardened? It takes so long from when you put those plants in the ground to when, or a seed, for, we've given up on seeds, guys. It takes forever for a seed to germinate and the plant to grow. And, you know, it takes a long time from when you plant that to actually when it bears fruit. It tests my patience. Now we live in a world where you can go to the grocery store and you can get any fruit or vegetable you want today, you know, and we can get everything we want today. But when you actually grow real food and real fruit even, man, that process takes time. It requires patience and perseverance. It requires us to go slow. So keep that in mind as we continue to preach today because I think that we become accustomed to wanting instantaneous growth in our life. We want to see the time lapse, right? We want to see the time lapse of, of our lives and how we're going to get from here to there quickly. But being a disciple of Jesus, he says, it's a small gate. It's a narrow road. 
It takes total vigorous attention and it takes one step at a time to becoming my disciple. And the second reason that we go slow in this passage is because we have to be people who look for character in our lives and in the lives of other disciples. So again, from the message, I love the way Eugene Peterson kind of translates this whole section. He says, be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off somewhere or the other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are, you might even say, who disciples are is the main thing, not what they say. And today, there are, you know, the, Christ, the Christian marketplace is huge. The amount of speakers and things you can read and listen to, it's very, very wide out there. And I think that there's a tendency that we as, we as Americans, we gravitate towards people that are very charismatic. And we gravitate towards people that, that really give off that air of power and that they're in control, right? We, we really like that. And so within the Christian community, a lot of times we've gravitated towards preachers, teachers, material that makes us feel uh, a level of excitement, right? That, that we're, we're a part of something really really big and it's moving fast and we're winning all the time. And I just got to tell you that the symbol of our faith for 2,000 years is a cross. We follow the biggest loser in history. Jesus lost everything. He gave up everything to come from heaven to earth so that he might die for us. That's the God we follow. And that's the one, and he lived a life of patience and perseverance and humility. He washed feet. He, he got down on one knee and, and wiped off the, 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 the crud off of his disciples' feet who were just about to betray him. That's the Jesus that we follow. And this is a really, I think, pertinent passage for us in today's world. You know, this is a great passage actually following this week because this week can be, hey, my team won or my side won. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then great. And if you do, you're tracking with me, you know? Oh, look, this, this, this one's the projected winner. He's the winner. And I gotta tell you, we follow the biggest loser. Loser in the sense that Jesus invites us into a life of following him. He emptied himself, he made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant that he might live a life of obedience and die for us on the cross. And then he calls us to follow him and to be like him. And so Jesus in this, in this passage and as he's preaching and teaching his disciples, he says, hold the phone. Before you get caught up in the charisma and in the winning and in the American, we're gonna, we're gonna take the hill. Remember, look for character. What's the fruit in their life? Are they people that are emulating love and joy, and peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control on a daily basis. And in my short time of being a, a pastor, I think when I look for fruit-bearing disciples, 
A lot of times I'm looking for people that have walked the slow, steady, methodical, and dare I even call it boring life of getting to know Jesus day in and day out. They take it slow and they recognize that there's no way for them to get to be a giant oak of righteousness without growing day by day with Jesus. And I could list off tons of names and hopefully you have a few people in your mind, people that have walked that road for a long, long time. Because I think that's what I want us to think about today. And if we wanna be fruit bearing people, if we wanna be trees planted by streams of water who yield their fruit in season, as it says in Psalm 1, then we gotta put our roots down deep day by day by day into Jesus, into his word and getting to know him. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'll close this section with this quote from Eugene Peterson from a book that I would recommend. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, which the title in and of itself says everything that we are supposed to be obedient for a long time, plodding day after day in the same direction towards Jesus. But he says, there's a great market for religious experience in our world today, but there's little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of disciples called holiness. So I'm encouraging us today to, to go slow. Remember that this takes time. Second point is it's a tough go. So go slow, but it's a tough go. You know, the beginning of this passage is it talks about a narrow road. Um, that word narrow in the Greek could also mean difficult, or it could mean the road marked with trouble or with suffering. And bearing fruit and how to bear fruit, uh, especially in difficult circumstances, always reminds me of a time I was blessed to visit the winery of someone who went to the last church that I was a part of, Emmanuel. And I figured in talking about bearing fruit today, I better talk about wine and grapes rather than farm because I've got a lot more experience being a Californian and that side of things. So anyways, so Harvey and Susan Sarlos, um, they were generous hosts to us and their picture is on the screen. Here we are with my my parents and myself and Harvey and Susan, uh, ignore the pink shorts, please. But, um, but there's Harvey and Susan there on the right. And they were passionate about talking about how they saw bearing fruit and being connected to Jesus through growing grapes and through making wine. And one of the most interesting things that Harvey and Susan talked about is how to make the best fruit, the best grapes, you would think that at the very end of their growing season, he, you know, the, the thought that I would have is you wanna give them all the nutrients and all the water that you can because then they're gonna produce the best fruit. But Harvey said, actually, it's the exact opposite. When you get to the end, you take away all their water. You take away all their nutrients. And what the plant does is it says, I have to, I have to send out all my nutrients, all the sugar to make the best grapes because it's a survival method. And then it, it's through the stress, extreme stress and extreme testing that the best grapes and the best fruit is born. And so as I think about that, we should not be surprised then that Jesus asks us to walk a road that's a narrow road, that's a difficult road, that's a road marked with trouble, with suffering to bear his fruit, the fruit of the spirit, to bear spiritual fruit. And as you reflect today, maybe go back home, think about that, because I know that 
when you're in moments that are uncomfortable and that are difficult in life, that it's hard to see how God's using that. But I know a lot of times that as I've looked back, I've seen how God has used those difficult times to bear the best fruit in my life, to make me have deeper roots in him, to, to become a person who relies on Jesus and is connected to Jesus at a deeper level. And that leads me to our third and final point, and that's that to, to bear the best fruit, we gotta be connected to Jesus deeply, knowing Jesus. See, probably the, besides this passage, the most famous passage that Jesus talks about bearing fruit is from John 15. And he says, I am the vine. He's using this winery uh, grape language. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So we're the branches. And for us to bear fruit, we have to be connected to the vine. You know, talking with the Sarloses again, they said if, if a branch is not bearing the best fruit, the best grapes, that branch gets cut out, right? If it's not connected to the vine, if it's not drawing on the vine to grow the best fruit. So we have to be connected to the vine. And Jesus says, I'm the vine. So we have to be connected to Jesus. We have to know Jesus. And so to close this passage, Jesus talks about what it looks like to know him. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many people come to me and say, hey, didn't we prophesy in your name, Jesus? And didn't we do miracles? And didn't we cast out demons? And he'll say, I never knew you. And when Jesus says that we don't know him, I best understand this actually in a different language. And that language is Spanish. I, I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. And in the time that I've learned Spanish, there are two verbs, two words that you can use for to know, to know. Because when we, we only have one word in English, know. But there's two, saber and conocer. Saber and conocer. Now, saber is to know a fact, to know something with your mind, kind of mentally. But conocer is how you know a person. You actually would say, oh, conozco, you know, Conozco uh, Jared. You know, I know Jared. I know him as a person. Um, it's a heart thing, right? More than a head thing. And what Jesus is saying here is there's people that are coming to him and say, Jesus, we knew you. We saw bared you. You know, we did all these miracles and all this stuff because we knew your name. But Jesus says, I didn't conocer you. I didn't know you. And so Jesus is inviting us today that we gotta, we gotta conocer him today. We got to know him deeply with our heart. We got to be connected to him as the vine. And what does it look like to conocer somebody? Well, it's to spend time with them, right? I, uh, Paul David Tripp is a, a pastor and teacher, and he um, did a marriage curriculum that we did. And in it, he said that 99% of your marriage is lived in the mundane day-to-day. 
that there's great moments, you know, you, the day you get married, your anniversaries, your honeymoon, big trips, the day your kids are born, if you're blessed with that. But 99% of your married life and the way that you strengthen your relationship, your marriage is in the mundane day-to-day moments that are easily forgettable almost. And I think that that might help us to understand how we get to know Jesus. We gotta know him 99% in the boring mundane day in and day out. Reading the Bible daily, praying, worshiping Sunday, reading the Bible, praying, worshiping on Sunday, reading the Bible, fasting, praying, time of silence, worshiping Sunday, reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, reading the Bible, praying, worshiping. Are you getting tired of this broken record? I said to... I actually said to Alan as I was preparing this sermon, I said, this is one of the, simultaneously one of the easiest and one of the hardest sermons, I think, to preach. It's easy because Jesus says, how do you bear fruit? Bearing fruit comes out of being with me. So it's easy. We gotta know Jesus, which means we gotta know him. He's the word, so we gotta read the Bible and we gotta pray with him and we gotta walk in step with the spirit each day and we have to come to worship each Sunday and be with the community of God. It's not rocket science, But it's hard because we want rocket science. We want a four-step process to success, you know? Well, there's a lot of that out there, you know? Just do these five things and you'll get to this point like that. But that's not what Jesus invites us into. He He invites us into discipleship. And what do disciples do? They spent time with Jesus every single day. They followed him around. You know, they, they used to talk about disciples we're supposed to be covered in the dust of the rabbi, that the rabbi walked ahead and you were a disciple following behind him and you were covered in his dust because you just followed him wherever he went and learned from him. And so when I think about this, I actually think about my nephew, Miles, because Miles watches dad and then Miles wants to do what dad does. So dad wears a hat, therefore Miles wears a hat. And Dad drives the truck, therefore Miles wants to get in and put his hands on the steering wheel and drive the truck. And dad rides the lawnmower, so Miles rides the lawnmower, right? He is a disciple of Brett in a way. We're supposed to be disciples who look like Jesus and we see what Jesus does and then we do it. And how do we see and know what Jesus does? Well, we gotta know this and we gotta pray with him because we gotta know him. And we got to worship him because we got to praise him. And we got to get to know him day in and day out. We have to bear fruit by being with Jesus. It's simple today. And it's oh so hard because it just takes patience every day to go slow, even through those tough moments, the tough goes, and to know Jesus, to bear fruit by being with him day after day after day after day. Man, could we be known as as beautifully boring disciples in a way because we do the same things every day because we want to know Jesus more. The big takeaway, let's bear fruit by being with Jesus. So as you reflect today, maybe go home and maybe think about, number one, where are those moments in your life where you've looked back and you've seen the best fruit by going through those tough times and then give thanks to Jesus that he was with you because he's the God who's with us and for us at all times. And then think about, If I want to be a fruit-bearing disciple, how do I follow Jesus more and get to know him more? Not to get to know the Jesus that maybe is being elevated in our culture, 
but get to know the real Jesus, the one who said, I give my life for you, I died, so that you might have life through me, that because I've now lived and I've been resurrected, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone, because I know Jesus holds the future, that I can keep living and following him each day. I'm gonna close with an invitation, and that's an invitation to prayer and an invitation to communion. So as we sing two final songs, there's gonna be people up front that would love to pray for you. And I encourage you maybe to go forward for prayer. Maybe you need prayer because you're going through one of those hard seasons in life and you need, you need to have prayer that Jesus would be near to you, that you could be connected to him so that you can see how he's gonna bear fruit in your life. Maybe you wanna conocere Jesus instead of just sobering Jesus with your head. Maybe there's someone in your life that you wanna pray for because you feel like they just know about Jesus instead of knowing him. Maybe um, you need prayer for patience like I do because I wanna have five steps to become a great disciple instead of just following Jesus day by day, but there's prayer. And then I close also by inviting us to take communion because Jesus meets us every time we take communion spiritually. Jesus is present right there. So what better way to get to know him than by taking communion? Because he's there with us spiritually and he nourishes us and he's our, our daily bread so that we can be connected to him. And communion is that reminder every single week that Jesus, what did he do? How do we follow him? Well, he died and he rose again. And he, gave, he said, this is the bread, it's my body broken for you. This is the cup, it's my blood shed for you. That you might know me and that you might be called to be my disciples who follow me in this life of giving up yourself, right? So to close, let's know Jesus. Let's be with Jesus either through singing, through praying, through communion. But we bear fruit out of being with Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you today that you haven't overcomplicated things. Instead, you've, you've actually made a way that we can have a relationship with you. We can directly come to you, Jesus, because you died and rose again. We can come to you every day in your word. We can come to you every day in prayer. We can come to you at all times and in all seasons and in everything because you're with us and you're for us and you love us. And you want us to be your disciples, to look like you, Jesus. And so you just invite us to come be with you so that we might know you deeper and walk out of here and be people bearing your fruit, the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of being salt and light, being Jesus to a world that desperately needs you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.